my name is Derek Neese, and I'm the uh, CFO here at ARC. I've uh, been at ARC about eight years now, and we're just honored to have you guys uh, here with us. Um, I believe this topic's going to be something that really um, is beneficial for you guys no matter what season of church life you're at, um, no matter what age you, your church is or what position you serve in. I think it's really going to be something that's, that's fruitful for you guys and something that you can learn in. Uh, real quickly, if you haven't already, um, on the App Store, if you go search the ARC Conference and Events app, um, if you haven't downloaded that yet, go ahead and do that. That's going to be um, the way for you to be updated on uh, what app sessions are out there, what time they're at, what the uh, speakers lineup is for the main sessions, um, and then be updated as you get back home to your church on events uh, and things going on, uh, ARC-related events uh, near you. So go ahead and download that um, if you have not already. Um, this session, you're gonna hear from some, from some amazing leaders at ARC. You're gonna hear uh, from some guys that are on our lead team and serve coaching uh, planters. And so you're gonna hear from Pastor Benny Perez, the church LV in Las Vegas. You're gonna hear from Matt Keller, uh, Next Level Church in Fort Myers and Dave Summerall, I-Town Church in Fishers, uh, just outside of Indianapolis. And these are amazing leaders that, uh, ARC honestly is where it is at today because of leaders like this that invest in church planting um, and invest their leadership and time into leading our organization. So you're gonna hear from them and then you're gonna hear from WIF. Um, and I believe what really makes this app session special and different um, is the Wesleyan Investment Foundation that you're gonna hear from. They are uh, an exclusive partner of ARC. Um, and what that means is they are basically an extension of our staff when it comes to lending for churches um, and savings accounts. Um, and they're the only relationship right now that is that, that is an extension of us um, as an external organization. Uh, and it's an unbelievable organization. Uh, and, and Craig Dunn is here, their CEO. Um, and he's uh, here and, and, and has created and, and, and runs an unbelievable organization. And Greg Brooks is their director of business development. So you're gonna hear from Greg. Um, but I would highly recommend after this, um, after our time together to really uh, look into what they're doing. Uh, and you can go to withonline.com to see uh, what they're doing and, uh, and all that they're involved in. Um, and, and, and one thing, if it, just to kind of get an idea of what WIF's about, if I had to uh, describe our relationship with them in one word, it would be generosity. Um, and, and that's every time I think of WIF, I think of that. Um, and, and the reason, uh, just as an example of how generous they are, um, alongside serving our churches with, they, they do all of our funding for our art campus launches. Um, they do the savings accounts for all of our churches um, and our church plants. And then they also do lending of any kind uh, for buildings and land for churches. Uh, but beyond all of that, um, Craig Dunn and, and their leadership sat down with Dina Rizzo and myself and some of our leadership at ARC and said, beyond uh, marketing and doing a booth space and all that, we wanna invest in church planting. Um, and so they give a significant gift um, each year to church planting for us to be able to plant the churches we plant. Um, and it just kind of gives you an idea of their heart, um, that they understand and believe in the local church and invest uh, beyond just a marking, they invest into church planting so that we can plant the churches that we plant. Um, and so I wanna go ahead and hand it over so we can get things kicked off to Greg Brooks. So put your hands together for Greg Brooks. So we're excited what we get to do with ARC. And you know, it's one of those relationships where we see the value of what God is doing through church planting. And um, it was not a have-to relationship. God's been very, very generous to us as an organization. And we've grown and seen God do some amazing work over the last 71 years that we've been in business. Um, but it wasn't about that for us. We saw ARC and they were reaching people with pastors like this. They were reaching people for Christ. And we wanted to jump in and be a part of that. And so our relationship with Derek and Pastor Dino and Pastor Chris and ARC as an organization was not a have-to relationship, but it was a get-to relationship. And so I hope that while you're here today and throughout the conference, if you're not a part of ARC, I promise you it's not something you have to do. You don't have to do it, but I promise you, you get to do it. And when you change that perspective and you begin to lean into what ARC has to offer to you, you will begin to understand the value that is truly there for reaching people for Christ. And so Derek, on behalf of our team, on behalf of Craig, thank you for the opportunity that we get to partner with you guys and see God do some amazing, amazing work. And we're just honored to be in the room and at the table. So thank you guys for that. And thank these three guys. These guys have been strategic for us in relationship. They lead some of the country's leading churches that are doing some amazing work. But each of them have their own story. 
Each of them have their own journey. And so each of them today are gonna represent a piece of that that you may be sitting in. And so Pastor Dave is getting ready. He's been planted for how long? 2010? Yes, seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. They're getting ready to launch into their first building. And so we're really excited for him and what God's doing there. Pastor Matt has been doing church for quite a while with his wife, Sarah, and they just launched their Dream Center, just opened. We did, yes. Recently. Yep. Just amazing, amazing work God's doing there. So you've got a new building, a Dream Center, and then you have a renovation of another campus there in Las Vegas. Yeah, we've been going 14 years, and we're going to be doing a renovation on a 90,000 square foot former Kmart building. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just amazing. So you're going to get to hear three different perspectives of three different pastors that I think will inspire you and what God has called you to do. So I'm going to start with you, Pastor Dave. Tell us a little bit. You're seven and a half years old. You've been kind of getting through it, grinding it out, figuring out what God's calling you to do with this new church plant. Tell us in one or two minutes about the vision God gave you for this property and what God's getting ready to do. And before you do that, can we just say happy anniversary to Pastor Dave Summerall? He and his wife, today's our anniversary. They said it wouldn't last. And he's investing into you on his anniversary. Wow. Uh, Not sure how that worked out, but thank God they're going to the beach next week. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) So Pastor Dave, lean into that a little bit. Give us a couple minutes on what God's called you guys to do there in Fishers. Well, uh, it's been an interesting journey and uh, we have always, we we came from Church of the Highlands. We were here for just about uh, 16, 18 months before Pastor Chris sent us to plant I-Town. And so we have always embraced the financial principles of margin that Pastor Chris leads this place with. One of the mistakes that we made was with all the margin that we had, we always spent for growth in the current season that we were in. So we were always upgrading, updating, launching, doing things that bigger shuttles, more shuttles, you know, redo the sound system, redo the kids areas. And uh, we moved into a building uh, in uh, our second year. Uh, We actually acquired a smaller church in town that was dying and and all of those people hated us and left and almost killed our church. But that's not what we're here to talk about. So praise the Lord. We survived and got we got a lease out of it. And uh, and so that's kind of where we our broadcast campus has been. It's 500 seats and it reached capacity several years ago. And I always felt like our call was to renovate spaces like old Kmart's and revitalize dying churches. So we spent a lot of time looking for a property to do that and found that most of them in our situation were very undersized in parking. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we were thinking it would be like a two to six million dollar project and uh, just couldn't figure it out, couldn't get it done. And so uh, that sent us on the trail of looking for ground and our community is uh, one of the fastest growing in the nation. Fishers is always on the list Uh, Forbes magazine, CNN Money magazine, best place to raise a family, best place to live, best economy, best place to buy a house. So it's a wonderful place in the country to live, which makes property really difficult to find. And so we started through that process and obviously at that point started to look for someone to finance the vision as well. And uh, we've got a lot of very connected people in town. They're very successful and they were you know, trying to get us, trying to court us to use their personal banks and people that they were connected with. But when we got to the table, we realized that most of those institutions didn't want to work with the church at all. Like we won't lend you money, period. Yep. I don't care if you have a billion dollars and you want us to let you have a little bit of money that you could immediately pay back. We will not let you have any. And uh, that made me want to punch a monkey. And so, <laughs> or a banker. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, and then the rest of them, we found no, no matter how much money we would raise, they wanted to see these insane levels of margin and ability to pay down a note uh, over a period of time that would have delayed the project of even being able to close on a piece of ground uh, for a couple, two, three years. And we're already two years, you know, we've been in overflow and seven services for like three years now. So we were like, wow. we can't. We can't do that. So I always thought that financing was going to be our hardest part. And to be honest with you, because WIF came alongside of us and we were able to energize our church with, hey, here's the goal uh, of what we need to raise in order for WIF to come alongside us and finance the vision. Because we had that number, it was so low and it was so tangible that it, it was a catalyst for our church. We actually had one weekend uh, that we had everybody pray and our church gave a million dollars cash on, in one on, weekend. On. But it was because of WIF already having said, look, if you guys can raise 2.5 million in cash, we'll finance the rest of the project. And they shouldn't do that because we're too young for them to trust us like that. But don't tell them. 
And so now here we, now, now our biggest problem actually is the city. We've got 35 acres of land. We have purchased it. We own it thanks to WIF. And uh, we are waiting to break ground because uh, we're just dealing with permits. But that ended up being our problem. And how many of you know that's a better problem to have than yes. I don't have any money, but I have this vision. Absolutely. I've got all the permits. I've got, so we're so thankful for WIF. And they're the kind of, I mean, you just, if you've dealt with banks at all, you don't even understand how easy these people are to work with because we drew up our own loan documents. Like my lawyer, the guy that comes to my church, our guy, he drew it up and then sent it over to him. It was like, here's what we want. And they were like, yeah, okay. That's about how easy they are to work with. It's just amazing. They're amazing. It's amazing. They're like the Holy Spirit in the flesh <laughs> to fund your vision. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'll start speaking in tongues yet. Uh, so Pastor Matt, you know, you're in a season where your church has done amazing work and you had a relationship. Um, the Dream Center came about though. Yep. And you guys begin to see a place in your city that you had been reaching for quite a long time. Yeah. But you wanted a place yep. that people could go, come, be rescued, be healed, be restored. Come on. And you opened the Dream Center. Yeah. Tell us about that journey. So our church there. is 16 years old. We have three locations. Uh, two of them are permanent. One is portable. Uh, and for the last 10 years, Greg, we've been working in our downtown communities, some under-resourced, you know, communities, um, um, and just loving on them, third Saturday outreaches, you know, just adopt the block, just doing so many of those things, back to school, backpacks and shoes, giveaway, mobile mall at Christmas, you know, so many of these outreach opportunities. And for, for um, so many years, we kind of always just prayed and said, God, we just love to have, you know, what would it look like if we had a permanent facility? Like if we can do all this portable coming in and kind of blowing and in, blowing up and blowing out, my goodness, what could the Lord do if we had a, a building down here, a, kind of a Fort Myers Dream Center type of building? So for so many of those outreaches, Outreaches through the years, um, there was a there was an old grocery store, forty six thousand square foot grocery store, that we used to park our cars in. It would go out of business. It went out of business, and then. Uh, it became a charter school. And so we got permission from them that we could park our cars there on, those, on these third Saturday serve days that we do. And so we would park our cars there and then shuttle our serve people, our teams, to like three different locations, you know, to three different neighborhoods to do all these outreaches and stuff. And like, so for years, we'd park our cars in this grocery store. And it was like, you know, God, like, that's the one. Like of all the buildings down, down here in this under-resourced neighborhood, that would be the one that we would want, Lord. Well, of course, it's like, it, it's huge. It's 46,000 square feet. Like there's no way. And so um, sure enough, here we were uh, in the middle of all of this and we've got news that the charter school was going defunct and they were moving out. And so we reached out to these investors and, you know, we had no idea how to pull that off, but we were like, hey, you know, what if? And they didn't really, there was a guy from New York and one of them was from Miami and they didn't, they had never seen the property. They bought it in a bundle during the downturn in the, in the economy. And it was just that feeling of like, we reached out to them. And again, thanks to WIF, you know, and their help, we were able to purchase that facility. And so now we have this dream center that we're still in the process of remodeling, but we've remodeled a big portion of it or a small portion of it. Uh, we're able to do Wednesday night student ministry. Um, we're able to do medical clinics now. Uh, once a week, every, th one, every Thursday night of the week, we have Dr. Amy, she comes in, she sets up, free medical Amazing. clinic. We've, we've moved the Fort Myers Police Department into a space there. So we have 24 hour police uh, on site. Wow. Uh, and leased that to them for free just to be a blessing to our police department and kind of really break down the walls. So in terms of the racial conversation and reconciliation with all of that, with, the, with law enforcement and, and you know, races, the, the tension there, we're at the table with that. And so uh, that Dream Center has, has really, and we're only on the front end of it, has really given us the ability to just build bridges and, and wall, you know, bridges into our community for outreach sake for the gospel's sake, like we never imagined possible. Yeah, that's amazing, that's amazing. How many of you guys have heard of Dream Center and wanna have one there in your community? How many of you guys believe God needs one in your community? So a dream turned into the center and Come now on. you guys are beginning to reach people, which is really, oh, really amazing. amazing. Uh, Pastor Benny, uh, Las Vegas, casinos, money, and everything else that I won't list in a chapel. Um, <laughs> So exciting for what God yeah. is doing with you guys. I know you've got an incredible story, an incredible journey. Yeah. By the way, your wife absolutely killed it. I think I saw yeah. her come in the building. I was going to introduce myself as the husband of Wendy Perez. <laughs> Can you stand up? Come on, you crushed it, babe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I was going to actually get saved after her message, but I got yeah. saved at one of your youth revivals instead. Did so you really? You're not, I actually you're, came to your youth revival, yes. Did, did. you not? You're lying to I me. I got saved for maybe the third time. But okay. Yes, but it's stuck. I promise. It's stuck. Okay, that's it's all stuck. that matters. For about three weeks until my next youth conference. <laughs> 
But that is a true story. Savannah, George, I do remember that. So for you, Pastor Benny, just yes. incredible work God is doing, and you're getting ready to renovate a building yeah. for another campus and then figure out what you want to do with that. So tell us a little bit about that vision and what God is doing there. Yeah, we started our church in 2003 with 27 people in our house. Didn't know 25 people. Well, only know two people. It's 25 people in Las Vegas. You, you want to hide all the china, hide all the silver, hide everything that has value because you don't know who they are. Um, God really blessed our church, to be honest, and then um, uh, something, I don't know if, it, if you heard about this, but the Great Recession hit, and, um, and we were in a place where uh, we lost 50% of value. We had, our, our buildings and everything that we had in land was worth $10 million, and when it was all said and done, it was worth a little less than $3 million. We were in a difficult situation through a series of stuff. We had to actually uh, go through some, some difficult dealings with the bank. We came out of that, and, um, you know, we, we, were, we were like, well, we're going to do moving forward as far as, you know, financing and things of that nature. And, and I remember, you know, kind of stuck. We couldn't really build on land that we had and, you know, went to banks, and they said, well, we can't really lend you money. We actually uh, talked to 26 banks. And 24 of them said no. Two of them said yes. You have to be the personal guarantor, and we need 50% down. And I'm like, bro, I'm in Vegas. I can get a better deal from a loan shark. I mean, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> and um, True story. This is a true story. It's a true story. And then, you know, I was at ARC last year, and um, I heard WIF make this presentation. It was one of those, like, timeshare things. It's too good to be true. And uh, you don't get the joke. You don't, you're not from Vegas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, nah, it can't be true. And then they mentioned Matt's name. And I'm like, well, Matt, I went up to Matt. And Matt goes, no, Benny, it's true. I'm like, bro, not, no, nothing's true except Jesus in the Bible. That's not true. And he said, no, it's true. So I just went right up to, I forget who it was. Maybe yeah. it was Daryl. Yeah. I said, Daryl, my name is Benny Perez. And um, I just want to let you know that we're looking for money in my church. I have to declare bankruptcy chapter 11. And he goes, okay, let's talk. I'm like, did you hear what I said, you know? <laughs> and long story short, we, we began the conversation of, of moving forward. And, um, and so uh, I, I, the, I could tell you the business side of it, um, but what I love is the personal side of That's it. That's it. Is the relationship side of it. Um, When you have been turned down by 26 banks and they look at you and they say, this is what you need to do for us. And I can't do that. And we're out of room. We're in overflow. And it's like, God, what are you going to do? And, and if you heard my wife preach, that was when we were literally driving down. I said, are we done in Vegas? Because it just got tired of hitting a no, 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 no. And it was really a divine thing. So actually, you know, WIF to me isn't just a financial resource, but they become friends and just place of encouragement. And who's the CEO again? Uh, Craig. Craig. Craig, I think he's sitting, out, I think he's sitting right there. Yeah. And he flew out and he met with me. He said, show me that building. We went and saw the building. Then he came back to my present building, Craig, and, and, and you, you were just a godsend. And he said to me, he goes, so what do you want to do with this building? And I said, well, I want to keep it, but the bank said I can't. He said, we're not a bank. <laughs> we're kingdom people. What do you want to do? I said, well, it's in our heart to go multi-sided. We've always wanted to do this, and so this is what we feel like God's called us to do. And wow. through a series of, of you know, um, just talks, I mean, I came home. I said, Wendy, I, I think this is going to work. <clears throat> And I think, you know, Matt was telling me the truth. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that matters and to the story. <laughs> that matters. That matters to me. There, there, You're welcome. There, it matters. There, there is a yellow brick road, and it's leading the right way, you know. <laughs> so anyway, make a long story short, because of WIF, we were able to um, uh, uh, acquire this Kmart building right one mile from the airport, right on Sunset. Wow. Which means, unless you're in Vegas, it doesn't really mean anything. But just imagine one of the prime locations in Las Vegas 
to build, to acquire land, build a building like this would be about a $25 million project. Yeah. And because the WF was involved, we were able to purchase the building for $5 million. On, and that's eight acres of land, 90,000 square feet. Wow. It's just amazing. Our church has rallied and we've raised quite a bit of money. And uh, so it's just been really, really nice to be part of a kingdom kind of like partnership. And I know some of you are sitting out there and you're like me and you're like, no, 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 no. God. And I'm not guaranteeing you anything like, you know, like, hey, Benny Perez said, you know, uh, you know, I'm from Vegas, a little bit underneath the table, I can make something happen, but you didn't get that either. Tough crowd. Anyway, I want to say thank you because it's really made a big difference in our life. And fast forward now, we're going to open up our new campus coming up uh, the beginning of 2019. And, on, and uh, it's just exciting for us. And the church is rallying and and growth is happening and money's flowing. And, but understand this has been a 10 year process. Yeah. This yeah. didn't happen overnight. That's right. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, listen to all God's saying through the messages today, because I, I just think that you're here by divine appointment. I pray that WIF may be able to help you. Come on. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, uh, you lean into the next question. So, you know, oftentimes we come to these conferences and I've been to quite a few and you come in and you're kind of wide eyed going, man, I want what they've got. And you walk through Pastor Chris's facilities here at the Church of the Highlands, you go, I want that. But oftentimes we don't know what that costs you, not just financially, what it costs your family, your life, and the things you've got to sacrifice to get what they have. And so the, if they're like me sitting in the audience, they're going, man, I love your story and I want to tell the same story five, 10 years from now, but I'm not sure I can ever get there. But they don't know where you started. So could you walk them through not just vision of where you started, but financially in your planning? because financial planning has to be a part of the lifeblood of your church if you're ever gonna get anything like this. Uh, and so I want you guys to help them kind of lean into that. What did you do financially to start planning ahead of time to, before you could even really see where God was taking you, you had to begin to financially plan for what he would put in your heart. Sure. Well, for us, it started with just embracing uh, the principles that we learn here at Church of the Highlands, that Pastor Chris, you know, you can go to any growth session or anytime he talks about finances, you can even go to the website and find the discipline uh, of how to yeah. segment your organization so that you can be positioned to do what God's called you to do. And so while we didn't save, you know, I, I can't, it's kind of a funny moment when I was uh, trying to figure out exactly what it would look like for the building to unfold. And I remember Pastor Chris saying that uh, by the time that they uh, were our age at the time that we were looking to start this building project, they had like, I don't know what it, I forget the story, it's like $9 million in the bank. And I went back and added it up and our entire church's income had been 10 million lifetime. Wow. And they had saved 9 million in the same period of time. So you just have to remember that, yeah. that Highland's story is not your story, but That's Highland's right. principles can be your principles. Because we, we live by the same That's principles as Church of the Highlands. But we hadn't saved the money because our journey was different. We had buildings to renovate. We didn't have a high school that, like they were in. And so I kind of got frustrated with the Lord and mad that he let Pastor Chris do that and that <laughs> I had to be in the position I was in. But what was easy for us is all we had to do was just say, okay, we're going to shift our focus. We're no longer spending to grow in this building. We are going to save to grow in the future because oh, we already great. had the margin in place and, uh, and we announced to the church, this vision is in our hearts. And we had WIF coming alongside of us. And, uh, and we had $0 in the bank, like in savings. Like we, we had put $100,000 down for the property in escrow for the purchase agreement. And, and that wiped out our savings account. We had nothing else. And by the fall of that next year, we had the 2.5 million in the bank that we Come needed because we just followed the principles. We never did a building campaign. We never asked people for money. We never pressured anybody. We did all the things that Pastor Chris said, but we also run our staff at like 28% of income and our right. buildings to date are like 18% of income. So we squeeze the organization and we're saving cash like crazy on top of what people are giving. And we did it in a life-giving way that our community had never seen. And they rallied behind the vision because I'd built a culture for seven years of never asking for a dime. I never pressured anybody for anything. I always led with margin. I always let them give out of, out of what the Lord spoke to them to do. And because we led that way, and because we always did what I said that we would do and had financial integrity and had open book policies, the trust was built so that the people that could write the half a million dollar checks and the hundred thousand dollar checks and the family that was praying to write the, the in faith $500 check Come that on. was a big stretch for them. Yeah. 
they were willing to trust us with that. And the thing that's amazing is the story is a blessing that God has brought back into those people's lives as well. And so for us, it was finding a strategic partner like WIF that could come alongside and say, hey, this is, this is what we can do for you. And then us being able to present to our congregation, we have a partner that will fund us. Here's the goal of where we have to be. And I said to him, I, I don't need a bigger stage. Like I have plenty of space to stand. My TV works to preach from. Your seats are fine. Uh, the only reason why we do this is because there are a million people going to hell in our community. And I think that's worth uh, it. I so think good. it's worth building so a building for because I don't really care about a building and I don't need a better stage and we have plenty of lights. But the question is, do we, do we want to reach more people for Jesus? And because of that, now we're, we're going to build a 1,500 seat, $20 million building and these guys uh, are, are supporting us. But I would say prep your church now with the principles of saving because Pastor Chris always says everybody wants what we want but they won't do what we do to have it. Yeah, that's so good. Pastor Matt? Well, our story over 16 years as a church has been, uh, has been a, a, an interesting one from a financial perspective. We started our church with $9,200, um, which is not a lot of money to start a church with, by the way, even 16 <laughs> years ago, back in the old age, dark ages. Um, but God has been faithful. And so, uh, Greg, I would say there are a few things, and I want to provide you guys with a, with a, a couple of nuggets here yeah. on a coaching level that will help you. Um, we started, uh, we were four years in the movie theater, and then when we made the move from the movie theater to the high school, we did our first kind of above and beyond campaign, if you will, okay. kind of an above and beyond strategy, and we raised about $55,000 in six weeks' time, and that was such a good stretch for our people. So then a couple years later, we, we leased a warehouse space of 6,300 square feet for office space, midweek services, student ministry, that kind of a deal. And we raised $150,000 for that. And so along the way, we've given our people opportunities to, I think as Dino Rizzo says, sacrifice for the vision above and beyond. And so, um, those, so, so wherever you are, start there in terms of giving your people an opportunity to stretch. Now let me share with you real quick, there are five categories of people in your church, okay? There are, there are uh, struggling, surviving, tithing, generous and extravagantly generous people, okay? Struggling, surviving, tithing, generous, and extravagantly generous. That's great. Now watch this. Every church is in one of those five categories as well. So we can't expect our church people right. to function as generous or extravagantly generous if they're simply struggling or surviving. Does that make sense? So, so healthy churches have a strategy to move people to yep. take their next step to go from struggling to surviving. So what's your strategy, pastorally, what's your strategy to grow people from struggling to surviving? What's your strategy to grow people from surviving to tithing? What's your strategy to get them from tithing to generous, from right. generous to extravagantly generous? So over the last five years, Greg, we've been on a journey of taking our people from, honestly, and our church, because our church reflected our people, our people were surviving at best. And so we knew we had to move that needle. So in November of 2014, we really did a, an intensive financial series. We did Monday night roundtables, bring your bills, we'll help you four weeks in a row, like all of that to move them to a tithing status. And so for 2014, 2015, that was the case. Then in 2015, we did the exact same thing again in November. Bam, four weeks, hit it hard, workbooks, the whole deal. And then we knew, all right, two years ago, we've got to start to move our people beyond just tithing yep. to and educating them on how to get out of debt, how to pay their bills, Dave Ramsey, all of that, but then get them to a tithing, put God first with your first 10%. Then we had to move them to, now what does it look like? Because God doesn't want us to just survive. He doesn't want us to just do the minimum of 10%. God wants us to live as generous and eventually extravagantly generous. So some of us are holding our people in condemnation or judgment because they're not extravagantly generous, but we're not leading them on a journey to get them to the place right. where they can write a $100,000 check or a $500,000 check. Great, and so, um, so how do you build trust over the long term with your people? Develop the strategy around those four things and help them create steps to get there. So now we are, in 2018, finally moving from that generous into that extravagantly generous zone and being able to challenge our people. We do kingdom builders here at Highlands. I think they call it legacy giving. And so um, it, whatever term you want to use on that, it's kind of that above and beyond generosity thing. So take your people on that journey. Be willing to slow down and educate them. And over three, four, five years, you'll be amazed at how you can 
can move the financial needle in your church. Uh, so good. Sorry, man. The, uh, no, it's the good, coach man. comes that's out of me, the, baby. I is. just have to teach. Yeah, we, we love it. We love it. That's super, super great. So, Pastor Benny, uh, for you, yeah. kind of tell us a little bit about that for you and, and how you would answer that. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I, I wasn't as strategic uh, maybe as Matt or David, but uh, our situation is a little bit different, and that's why I love there's three different perspectives here. If I back on my story a little bit, when we were going through our situation, um, we, had, we, had, um, we had to raise, uh, help me out, Wendy, we had to raise uh, $2 million. I needed $2 million, and I needed it in 40 days. And uh, obviously, I didn't have $2 million in 40 days. And so what we decided to do is uh, we went to Disneyland. And um, <laughs> true story, went to Disneyland. I'm all stressed out. We go to Disneyland, and, and I'm praying. I said, God, we need a breakthrough here. And we were standing by It's a Small World, and my phone rings, and this is guy, and I've never talked to him before in my life, and he says, hey, is this Benny Perez? I said, yes, sir. And I said, who are you? And he says, well, I got, I got your number from a guy named Mark Francie. I said, well, that's my cousin. I still don't know who you are. And uh, he said, I heard you're in trouble. I said, well, define trouble, you know? And, <laughs> and so this is a true story. I know it sounds out there, but I love it. He, says, uh, I, he said, what's your trouble? I said, sir, I need $2 million in 30 days now. And, um, and here's the situation. He says, okay, uh, I'm going to call you back in 30 minutes. Never been to my church. It's only heard me preach via podcast or internet. Doesn't live in this country. Wow. Calls me back. He says, hey, me and my wife have talked and uh, God spoke to us. So I'm like, I'm in the happiest place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah. So, yeah. So here's what he tells me. He says, um, <clears throat> we need your banking information because we're going to wire you $700,000 wow. as a gift. And, I, and, and he says, but I know what you're thinking because my degree's in accounting, okay? So I'm like, yeah, I'm $1.3 million short. <laughs> he says, so what we're going to do is we're going to lend you the money at 0% interest rate because I can't charge a church interest. Wow. And I started crying. My wife's a tough one in the family. I'm the crier. And I just started crying. My wife's like, what are you doing? I said, Wendy, go back on the ride. Because this is exciting right now. That's true. Look at her. She'll tell you the truth right there. That's the, that's the truth. So because of that, we were position ourselves. Let me fast forward really quick. So God does this great miracle, right? And like, oh, my God. I tell the story everywhere. They're like, oh, man, I want that to happen. No, you don't want that to happen. You don't want to be in that position that's where you great, need a miracle man. like that in 30 days, okay? Yeah. God only has one of those, and he gave it to me, all right? So don't do that. <laughs> that's the worst thing you can do, right? So fast forward, we have this land we can't build on. Right. It's only worth 700000 And I had a, a, a hospital come and say, we want to buy your land. I said, I said nah, it's, it's worth 700000 They said, oh, we, we know that. But we want to give you over $3 million for it. Wow. $3.2 wow. We countered them at three point six. Come on. <laughs> Cause you love it. Yeah, you never take the first. You never yeah. take the first deal, bro. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Hit me again. Twenty-one. So, so this is a true story. I know I'm in Alabama, but God loves Vegas. So, he said. So through series, so we sold that land and we got this money that came in. It was a God miracle. So we had this money sitting there. Incredible. We went and bought another church in Southern California. We had to try to go at this. It didn't work. But the Lord was so good to me, it didn't work. And so I had another church that was bigger, wanted to buy the campus I just bought and pay me a million dollars more. I flipped it. I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> and then we tried and it still didn't work. So I ended up selling this building to a corporation and we brought all the money back to Vegas. So that is our uh, financial plan. Yeah. Keep flipping buildings and make money. <laughs> I, love I it. know this sounds funny, but it's really a true story. It's amazing. So we have this money sitting there, right? And then we started getting wiser. Right. And it's like, okay, let's, let's start setting up margin. Let, let, let's start living, you know, a certain way. And, and let's increase our giving and let's do this. And so, you know, I, I wish I would have known Chris Hodges, you know, 15 years ago. I didn't know him. And we're not the Highland story. But what I love about it is, is that God has worked it out for us, 
but I love what you say. You know, we can, and we are working the Highlands principles, right? right? To making sure that as we move forward, you know, financially, we're, we're the strongest position we've ever been in right now. I mean, we, we have a lot of money. God's blessed us. We're moving forward. But God had to do a miracle for, for us. And so we're in a great place now. And if you're just starting a church right now, you should hear all these stories, right? And say, okay, I don't want to do that one. <laughs> I want to do this one. And, and if I were you, I would even just sit with WIF and say, hey, I'm a church planter. Yeah. You know, hey, can we talk about stewardship? Can we talk about, you know, uh, maybe a year from now or two years from now? And you start now, right, with the end in mind so good. of yeah. where you're going to go, right? Because some of you, God's going to give a great opportunity, right? And so people say, man, you're so lucky. It's not luck. Right. It's preparation, meeting opportunity. That's great. And then all of a sudden it happens for you. So yeah. I just want to encourage you with that, that wherever you're at, God's going to do something. So that's kind of our so story, good. but we're really getting better and better with uh, helping people see the vision and uh, casting vision. And so, yeah. yeah, that's so great. So we've got a couple more questions I'll ask, but you'll see a number behind me on the screen. As you're thinking of questions to ask, feel free to text that number and then we'll ask them here at the end of the next uh, 10 minutes. So at the end and get in some Q&A from the audience. So Pastor Benny, you mentioned this, uh, touched on it a little bit with margin. And that's a pretty big topic here around the Highlands. I don't know how many of you were with Pastor Chris yesterday at Grow, but he talked about the margin. They, they budget on um, 58% as what they're spending right now out of their total budget. Well, that's the Highlands story. And that's what God has blessed them for. But that's their story and you've got yours. But I do wanna talk about margin because it's a principle of living by margin. So you guys are outreach driven. We wanna see people one for Christ, not just in our community, but in our world. We wanna invest 10% in the missions or whatever your, your budget is for that. How do you do that and create margin to build a building, to renovate a, a building, to do a dream center? How do you create margin while you're still a missional church? Great question. Well, well, for us is that um, we just determine, I think David was saying it, is this how much now we're just gonna spend, whether it's on salary, uh, on building, and we've increased our giving. So we, we've just decided to do that. And, and, and so uh, we keep casting the vision for the building. I love what my wife says. Uh, God is not building buildings. We are. God's building people. Oh, that's great. So, that's great. so we keep building people, their faith. We keep helping them financially, making wise decisions. And, and then, again, for us, we're kind of a miracle story. A guy just starts coming to my church don't even know him. And he says, hey, uh, I hear you starting about this Kmart building. I said, sure. He says, take me over to it. I said, okay. And I walk him through and he goes, man, here's $250,000 for the building. I go, do you want to walk through again? I mean, I'm just like, this is really good. <laughs> and you laugh, but he wrote another $250,000 check. Come on. Wow. I'm just saying that, that when you start doing things the right way, God will start bringing the right people so because he can trust you That's with it. the resources that he's bringing in. Right. Because if you're not handling what you got now, why is God going to drop all this money on you supernaturally? He's not going to do it. You got to be, you know, good with the little and got to make you faithful over much. Come on. Yeah, and, wow. and, and one last thing I would just interject here is that who's ever lead pastors or, you know, you need to have your personal finances in order. Oh, that's great, Pastor Benny. You yeah. need to make sure that you're tithing, you're living within, you know, with margin. You are being a blessing to the kingdom of God. And I would challenge all pastors that you should be one of your top givers in your church. Yep. Yep. Okay, and I may not talk about maybe uh, num numerically because you should have some big givers, but I'm talking about percentage-wise. And, and years ago, I heard Rick Warren say, he said, you know, you know, I want to I wanna learn to live on 10% of my income. And it's been on a journey for me and my wife that we want to, and we've continually ratcheted up our giving every year. And I'm not tell what the percentage is. That's between us and God. But, but I, I'm determined that I don't want to preach generosity. I want to live it. That's, That's so great. And I'm going to lead great. with that. So good. So I just want to encourage you with that. So good. Yeah. Well, I echo what Benny said uh, a hundredfold. Um, one of the things for us, of course, when we started with $9,200 and no clue what we were doing, uh, things were very lean. So the first year of our church, I think our total income was uh, $77,000. Wow. And um, I worked in a jewelry store for $11 an hour um, for majority of that year. 
And so things were very, very tight for us. Uh, of course, we got hooked up with the Ark then about a year in, in 03. We started in 02, got hooked up with the Ark in 03 and started to learn so many of these principles that we're talking about in terms of margin and so forth. But Sarah and I, since we were teenagers dating, have always lived by the give a tithe, save a tithe, live on the rest. Just give a tithe, save a tithe, live on the rest. And so when we started Next Level Church and literally had $700 in the bank account when we opened, opened the bank account, we made a decision that we were gonna give a tithe, save a tithe, live on the rest. And so for 16 years now, we have tithed uh, out of our general budget, at minimum 10% of our income goes away from ourselves. And I just believe, and if you, if you look under the hood of any of the ARC lead team churches, I can almost guarantee you uh, that, that that principle of putting God first in the tithe, we just believe and we just give that away from ourselves. So that's global missions, international, international, national, and local missions. So three kind of categories in terms of away from ourselves, the tithe. We just believe that that's kind of how the, the kingdom should fund itself. That if people will tithe to a local church and the local church will tithe to missions, that, well, what do you know? The gospel goes to the ends of the earth. We just simply believe that. So we've lived like that for 16 years as a church. Now, um, we have, there, there have, I, I don't know that there have been maybe any years um, in our 16 year history as a church that we have done the whole thing where whatever 100% of your income last year, budget 90% the next year, I'll be real honest with you, we've never been able to do that. It's a desire in our heart, but we will always, we'll never project a budget, never project growth into a budget, because I like to sleep at night. Right. And yep. so, um, so, but we will budget to 100% of last year. But remember, 10% of that is savings. Give a tithe, save a tithe. So we're gonna give 10% to missions and we're gonna save 10%. So we're really budgeting on 80%. So I guess we have been doing that. But anyway, the, the whole point is get a strategy like that. And if you will put, give one to God, give one to your savings account, over time, a little, be faithful with little, it'll add up, it'll add up. And that's the margin that we're talking about that gives you the ability, and then just, just hold yourself to it. Just, just like you do with your family, if it's not there, then it's not there. Like just, just hold yourself to that principle of give a tithe, save a tithe, live on the rest. Yeah, that's great. So with the way the journey has started for you guys, talking about saving, so Pastor Chris, yesterday in Grow, uh, I, I was almost offended because he said, hey, we, when Jesus comes back, we don't want any money in savings. Well, we have savings accounts, just FYI. Uh, and so, but the way he was contextualizing that was, listen, we want to pour money into ministry and see people come to Christ, but we also want to be comfortable and have a reserve account to know that if there is a dip in the economy ever again, or a dip in generosity, we're going to be okay. How much has that meant for each of you along the way? Some of your stories are different where you're like, Hey man, we had a little bit of money in the bank. We weren't ready to have a savings account because we were doing ministry with those dollars. If you were sitting in these seats, back when you were beginning your journey before you invested into what you're doing now, what would you be asking of yourself and of your church to invest into a savings opportunity? Because it's hard to see those savings dollars take what people give, put it in savings and try to explain to them why your money's sitting in savings instead of being used for ministry. But at the same time, you wanna sleep at night. So how do you balance that? That's a good question. I think that uh, it just comes from, you know, you don't have trouble selling that to anybody that, that has any kind of brain. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, yeah. because uh, they, your church members should be able to understand that, hey, there, there can be economic downturns, there can be problems. Even more than that, there's going to be disaster in the world around us that we can't uh, prepare for. Yeah. And so we have to prepare by creating this margin, by having a savings account. And iTown always has uh, had a savings account from day one, like what Matt was talking about. We've always set money aside that wasn't designated in the budget that we were able to use. Like, you know, we had one year that the church uh, grew by 300% and we had to buy a lot of crap. You know, we yeah. said to buy stuff. <laughs> we just needed stuff. We didn't have shuttles and we didn't have parking vests and we got on amazon.com. Thanks to <laughs> Kyle. And, uh, and we bought, we bought everything we could, you know, so, but we didn't ever have to ask anybody for it. And uh, we do the same thing with our tithe, our missions account you know, we set that 10% aside, but we don't designate all of it. So we have ministry partners, of course, Grow and Arc, and then others internationally, and then partnerships locally with different organizations that do what we are not well equipped to do. But we don't commit all of it so that when all of the disasters came through in Houston and Florida and, and all through the Virgin Islands, we were able to release $80,000 in Come a on. couple of weeks to Amazing. be able to just send, yeah. you know, it's not, 
It's not Church of the Highlands dollars, but for us, it was a big deal. For our church, it was. And, and then to be able to, div- to deliver the vision win to your congregation of, hey, look, mm-hmm. and I learned this from Pastor Chris, I know that you feel pressure and you see the Red Cross and you see the disasters. We just want you to know that $80,000 of your money has gone to That's support great. our ministry partners and food is being delivered as we speak yes. all across. Here's this place, this place, this church, wow. that place. Here's how many people are being saved. Here's how many people are being fed and clothed and the gospel is being preached. And you did that. You can't even give to that because we already did it out of money you gave weeks ago. So great job, everybody. And they're, wow. not, they're just not mad at you when you say that. Yeah. And typically... <laughs> They don't have to give any more. Then to they the don't Red feel Cross. any pressure. Like if you want to give more, that's great. And typically, on the back end of that, we'll say, "Hey, you dug a well. You did this." We'll get the the people in the church that have that radical gift of generosity. They'll say, "Hey, let's do five more. Here's a check Come for fifty thousand dollars. Just go ahead and do it." And so I think it's just a better way to respond rather than, "Hey, watch this orphan bleeding, and now you feel guilty." And I know you already gave, but that that paid for our salaries. Wow. And that's all gone. So will you feed them, please? Yeah. And no, we do. We just say, hey, look, this person's life has already been changed. You can't give to it because it's already done. And uh, so just keep trusting us. And this is what we do together. Time's a million. We just don't have time to show you. Yeah. Makes it so you have an, a margin in, in ministry in how you yeah. talk to your people about creating that, both personally and sure. for the church. Well, I, I think, you know, the Bible says that in the house of the wise are, are stores of choice, food and oil. And, you know, so, so I mean, I think that I think it's scriptural that we have margin. Uh, but the fool you know, consumes all he has, Proverbs says. And so I think it's scriptural, I think it's biblical, and I think, like Dave said, I mean, it's, it's celebratable. Yeah. Um, and so I, is, I think when you're saving, I think there needs to be that rainy day, or in our case, a hurricane fund, right. um, because hurricanes always hit on the weekend. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they always hit on Saturday night. It's so awesome. And so, you know, but so, so if we're going to, yeah, snow day, same thing up north. So, um, you know, so we're going to, for us, we think what is, what is reasonable is, uh, so from an operation rainy day fund perspective between, uh, and Ben, my finance guy is here, so confirm this, but essentially four to eight weeks of margin is kind of in that zone. I talked to some pastors and they're like, we're trying to get to, you know, Dave Ramsey's three to six months of bills. That's true personally, but we've found that if you go much past that eight weeks of margin, four to eight weeks of margin in terms of operating funds, that then you're going to now ministry, you could be doing ministry with those dollars. And of course that doesn't include building savings accounts and, you know, strategic savings accounts. But in terms of just that emergency operating, we think that four to eight weeks is a good zone. And like Dave said, uh, anybody who's wise financially, any business leader knows you've got to have that operating cash flow deal. So they get it. They, they, that's a, that's a very, that's not even a hurdle. Yeah. So four to eight weeks, that's a great kind of practical step there to create margin for the next building that you want to build or your first building, Mm -hmm. but also savings above and beyond. So you can rest at night knowing that you're about to lose your building money when it goes into a building, you still want to create margin to live and sleep. Correct. So that's super helpful. Mm -hmm. So we've got about uh, 10 minutes that we want to spend just kind of answering the questions from the audience. And so I think Daryl or Rich, one of those guys are going to help us. They've been receiving your questions. And so if one of you guys, Derek, can you give him uh, your mic, man? That'd be great. Thank you. I'm uh, Daryl, and we've got Rich back here. We both are uh, loan officers at WIF and, and handle the loan. So I'll ask the question, and you guys can answer, because, Greg, one's, one's for you. Um, do you have to be an extension of ARC in order to seek financing support from WIF? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So no, the answer is no. So let me give you kind of a 30 second version of our history and, and why we're, how we got to where we are. So 71 years ago, we started with the Wesleyan. A group of people got together and said, hey, we can't get money to plant a church, but we wanna see people one to Christ. So a group of people got together, created a fund, and they began to fund the Wesleyan denomination to be able to reach people for Christ. Uh, we began to see the kingdom was much bigger than a denomination in 2000-ish and began to work with the Nazarene Loan Fund, bought them, began to serve Nazarene churches. And then under the leadership of our uh, CEO, Craig, and our board, they said, listen, the kingdom is far bigger than any denomination. Let's begin to serve any evangelical church. If they're reaching people for Jesus, we want to help them. And so we now serve, uh, we, we have just over a billion dollars in total assets. So we're one of the largest loan funds in the country, and we serve any evangelical church that is reaching people for Christ. That's one of our very first questions. Even in the loan app, you're going to know that we want to know about people more than about your stuff. So. This might be a little broad, but 
Have you done anything different when you went multi-site versus starting your first building? Oh, great question. It's, oh, it's me. All right. Um, <laughs> have we done anything differently since we went multi-site? Um, no, I think we continue to operate everything out of Next Level Church, Inc. Um, and so that's our operational corporation. The one thing I think I would say, uh, and WIF was, was a, a catalyst in this, because when we, we had two bank loans on our two permanent facilities, each one was a different bank. Uh, and then when we consolidated everything with WIF, we moved both of those loans, all, everything under WIF. And so that was such a blessing for us. And at that time, we were actually able to, to create a whole other 501c3 not-for-profit corporation. And so all of our assets are now owned um, in, a, in, a, in a next level holdings company that owns all of our assets. And so there's a, that creates a legal firewall uh, between next level. So next level church now becomes a, a tenant that leases uh, from Next Level Holdings that owns the building. So it creates a little more legal paperwork, but the advantage to that, there was actually a Baptist church in our town that has a Christian school that my boys go to, and, and um, one of the young men was playing football and was struck by lightning. Wow. Uh, and, and they only had one corporation. Oh. And uh, so, you know, the lawsuit was 50 million or 100 million, and then they settled at 20 or whatever it was, and the insurance, so all of that. So from a, from a litigious standpoint, um, and I'm, I'm not a lawyer, so consult your attorney or LegalZoom.com. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But it, here's what I do know, Greg, to answer your question real quick, is, is having a holding company for all of our assets so that we keep as little liquid cash and capital in Next Level Church, Inc., it creates that legal firewall for us. And so that's been very, very helpful. Uh, and again, there are smarter people than I that do that kind of thing. But it, it, all business corporations in the world understand that principle of keeping assets in different LLCs and so forth. Yeah, that's great. You came up with that on the fly? I'm impressed that you came up with that answer like that. Bro, it's a, it's a human uh, that's computer. Impressive. That's impressive. It's a human computer. Oh, wow. How about that? <laughs> any, anybody else, Benny, any comments? Just not to put you on the spot. Anything before we move on? Okay. One, um, I'll answer this one because it's more loan related, but what is your loan to value? Um, I would say we have guidelines. Um, you know, we have our underwriting parameters. We, we need to make good lending decisions. But at the end of the day, what I want you to know is we want to hear your story uh, and we want to get behind and fuel that story. Um, so, th so generally we're looking at 20%, you know, maybe similar to a, to a bank. Um, but there are times where it makes sense where we'll go below that. Um, and frankly, there's times we go, we go above that. It's really a case-by-case -case basis. But we want to sit down. We want to hear your story. We want to see how you're reaching people for the kingdom. And, and we'll come up uh, to a decision at that point. You've got to turn on your mic. They can't hear you. They said that. Oh, you, keep there it you up. Go. There you go. Okay. There you go. Do I need to repeat that or are you good? Well, yeah. good. good. What he said was he write anybody a check today. Is that... <laughs> How many heard that? How many heard that? Did you hear that? All right. Greg, it's, uh, a question came in about savings versus just the loan side. Maybe talk a little bit about uh, our savings options. Yeah, so there's a functional side of what we do. So we can't fund uh, kingdom ministry without kingdom partners. And so we have a savings account. It's all privately held. Through, it's, we're a nonprofit. We're not a secular lending institution. And oh, by the way, there's no sales pitch to who we are. We don't have any goals or incentives or bonus structures for any of our team. We are not loan sharks. We're not having, we don't have to get business. We want to do business with you. And so our savings is how we fund loans. So when you open a savings account with WIF, it doesn't matter if you're an individual. We've got pastors who have savings accounts for their children. We've got businessmen who have savings accounts with WIF because they wanna see their savings dollars go into the kingdom. So when you put money on savings with WIF, you're helping churches get planted, you're helping churches get started and ministry to go forth. And we do a higher interest rate than anything you're gonna find at a bank for uh, two and a quarter percent on anything over $35,000 that's on deposit with us. And it's a liquid on-demand savings account you can take out next day. So uh, if you, we've got more information in our booth on that, but that's kind of how that works. This one uh, literally just came in. Um, do you have a recommendation for a company that helps make a financial plan for your church? Or where can we find the Highlands financial plan? Maybe this is the second part of that. 
The second part of that, you can go to uh, Grow, uh, Google Grow Churches. I don't know their website. I think it's growchurch.com. Growleader.com. Growleader.com. Yeah, and 100% of all their stuff, I'm bl- you can find out where they purchased a trash can. Like literally, we were talking about this earlier. So anything you need like that as a resource, you can go on that website and they will tell you their model on everything they do. You guys have uh, any advice on financial planning? Is there somebody you've worked with or that could, has helped you along the way? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, honestly, Dave Ramsey uh, is, is just the expert in terms of, you know, biblical financial wisdom and counsel. Um, and so he has uh, his licensed providers uh, that they that the Ramsey organization has completely screened. So if you're talking about your own personal financial planning, um, go on to DaveRamsey.com and you can find his certified licensed professionals in your area. So those are people that have been trained by the Ramsey Solutions team to help you do it Dave's way, do it the biblical way. Uh, so that's, I mean, Dave's the best. Yeah, and you can go on the Grow Leader website and it also has a financial plan uh, for the Highlands and some other church models that may be a benefit to you. So... Um, hey, I want to do a, a couple things as we get ready to wrap up. Uh, one is I want to, uh, Richard, would you stand for me, Rich? You guys met Daryl. This is Rich Morlock. Uh, he's been with us now for, is it 10, 12, 10, 12 years uh, at WIF and just an incredible guy. He's our senior loan officer and Daryl's here this week with us. Um, we've got our team. We have a booth out there. If you have specific questions for you and your church and your situation, we're here to answer those questions and serve you any way we can. Um, if you want, the easiest way is probably text this number and they'll text you back and create a time to meet you. So it's just not all at once. And so, but they'll be here at our booth, ready to serve, hear your story and let you know how we can help you this week. Um, and then what I also wanna do guys is we kind of wrap up. Um, each of you have, again, your own story. And so I, we've got about three or four minutes left. Can you guys just give them one thing that if you could say, you know what, if I had it to do all over again, this one thing, I would have done. That's good. I think if there's one thing I would have done differently is uh, I would have tried, even though we're not strategists, we really are opportunists because we have to be led by the Spirit. Oh, and you, you can't really have, you need to have strategies, but you have to be flexible, of course, as the Lord leads you to change. But uh, we probably should have and would have set aside more resources early on that we didn't touch even right. though it felt like we needed to spend for the growth, it really felt like we needed the new speaker system and then extra shuttles and things like that, I probably would have resisted the urge to spend quite so much in the moment and had saved more because uh, one of the powers of Pastor Chris's story is if you have the chance, and I would also say don't feel guilty uh, if, you, if you have never heard this stuff, God doesn't hold you accountable for the things you hadn't learned until now. So don't go home sick feeling like, oh man, our staff is at 60% and all, our numbers are all whacked out. Don't worry about it because God will touch you and help you. Uh, but if you have the chance to start from scratch and set it up and do it right and then save it and be disciplined not to touch it because I wish we'd have saved more. That's one thing I wish we'd have yeah, done. That's great. I would say uh, I wish I would have talked about money sooner. Mm. Wow. Uh, pastors, it's, Jesus talked about it a lot. What is it? 2,000 verses in the Bible are about money and only something, a fraction of that are about heaven and hell. So it's, it, it, the money is, is the most constant thing in your people's life. Before they're born, someone's thinking about how they're gonna pay for them, and after they die, someone will have to pay the funeral bills. So for literally before every person on earth is born and after they die, money is the common thread wow. of their entire life. Great, and man. yet we stand up as spiritual shepherds of their souls, and we're scared to talk about the number one thing that's the wow. factor of their life. Shame on us. So, so listen, if you're four months old, it's time. It's okay. Plan it out. There's strategy to it. There's, you know, there's logic to it. But talk about money with your people. Teach them and remember those five things and create the steps and move your people toward extravagant generosity. You can do it. No matter the size of your church, you can move your people and take them on a financial journey that will set them free. I think the one thing I would have done um, is I would have... Uh, sought out successful leaders sooner and asked more questions. And uh, there's so many great models out there right now. And if you're not part of the ARC family, you need to be. That's great. Okay, ask questions. You know, because sometimes you're in, well, I'm not, listen, just ask questions, finance, financial questions, staffing questions. So I would ask more questions with uh, guys that are leading and, and women that are leading uh, great churches. 
That's great. Hey, can we give it up for these guys? Thank you so much for what you do. Hey, on your way out, uh, we do have a gift for each of you on your way out. It's not a blank check, um, but we do have a gift uh, for you. And it's actually counterintuitive to what you might think. It's a book on when not to build. And it'll help you for no matter what size your church is, big or small, it'll really help you. So grab that on your way out. And uh, God bless you guys. Thanks for being here today.